So now you have to do reading on your own, okay? You know, on my own? Yeah, you did it before, don't worry. I'm just going to help you a little bit, okay? Okay. All right, ready? Yeah. Now when all the people... Now when all the people... Were baptized... Were baptized... It came to pass... It came to pass... That Jesus also being baptized... That Jesus always, always being baptized... And praying the heaven was opened... Praying the heaven was opened... And the Holy Ghost descended... The Holy Ghost descended... And a bodily shape... In a bodily shape... Like a dove... Like a dove... A dove, dove covered Upon him and the voice. Upon him and a voice came from heaven. Came from heaven, which said, which said, Thou art my beloved son. That on the be so beloved son. Beloved son. In thee I am well pleased. In e all pleased. Mic check one two one two. Mic check one two one two. Can you hear me? Yes, sir. Perfect. Am I coming through. Excellent. Speak easy. Black Renaissance Podcast, episode thirteen. We kicking it about the spirit. Let's get it. Oh yeah. Lupe Fiasco. Food and liquor. It's a spy from behind my giant robot's eyes. I keep them happy because the mic falls out if he cries. Scared of heights, so I might pass out if he flies. Keep them all autopilot because I can't drive. Room enough for one, I tell my homies they can't ride. Unless we're sitting on the shoulders, but let's wait too high. Let's try not to step on the children. The news cameras filming is walking. Project building out his whole cellar door. Looks like right around the toes. Is on our necks in the small box, thinking to keep us warm. On a 747 on the Pentagon lawn, wake up. The alarm clock is connected to a bomb. Anthrax lab on a West Virginia farm. Shorty ain't learn to walk, already heavily armed. Civilians and little children is especially harmed. Camouflage Taurus, Bibles and glorious Qurans. The books that take you to heaven and let you meet the Lord there. Have become misinterpreted reasons for warfare. We read them with blind eyes, I guarantee you there's more there. Rich must be blind, cause they ain't see the poor Need to open up a park, just close 10 schools. We don't need them. Can you please call the fire department? They down here marching for freedom. Burn down ATVs, turn ATVs on the teacher men. Move the more money that they make, the more money that they make, the better and better 
they so used to not, not having, having nothing, nothing real. Real, 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 real. real. That they don't know how to act. They don't know how to feel. Listen to this verse, feel, y'all. Feel, feel. Life ain't meant to come around twice. In the morning, now I gotta give them sight, make them see, break them free. Ain't a genius, show the ride, show the ride. The game is not to give them nothing real, 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 real. Nothing that they could use, nothing that they could feel, 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 feel. Give them a bunch of lies and teach them that it's real, 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 real. So that's all that you know, that's all that they. Folks, welcome back. Speak Easy Black Renaissance Podcast, episode 13. Chris JB, what's good? What's going on? It's been a little bit. It's been a little bit, but we back like we never left, man. How you feeling, brother? How was your Father's Day? It was great, man. It was great. It was great. It was great. That's what I like to hear, man. I, I hope, I hope you know, your family took care of you, man, because, you know, it's Father's Day, man. You know, we got to take care of the fathers. Absolutely. Can't forget them. Oh, most definitely. Most definitely, man. But we back. We, we, um, so our topic today, we're going to be talking about the spirit, um, and the Holy Spirit and everything that that means and what it doesn't mean. But we definitely want to take time. I know we a day late, but, uh, wish a happy Father's Day to all of the fathers, particularly the black fathers out there, um, that are doing the best that they can to raise and support our families in spite of all of the things that life continuously throws at us. Mm-hmm. Special well shout said. out to y'all. Well said. Real talk, real talk. It was also Juneteenth weekend as well, so, you know, we gotta celebrate freedom as well. It's a, it's a federal holiday now. What do you think about that? Listen, what I'll say is I was glad to have the day off, uh, you know, and at the same time, it's like, yeah, the, making it a federal holiday is cool, but let's do a lot of the other things to get black people free as opposed to, you know, these symbolic gestures while sidestepping things that actually con- uh, impact our concrete realities, right? Like, we're trying to get free in the here and now. Enough with the symbolic gestures already, but maybe I'm being cynical. Nope, this is why we're here. That exact purpose is why this podcast exist 100% we trying to get free we trying to get free but before we get in directly about our topic about the spirit let's talk a little bit about our music selection Lupe food and liquor food and liquor so yo Chris we, we were talking a little bit um last week about how I made a Facebook post a few years ago telling people how I thought Lupe Fiasco was a more talented Kendrick Lamar um, as a lyricist, that is. And one of the reasons I said that was because uh, 2006 was my first year in high school. And I remember that year distinctly being the year where I started losing interest in most mainstream hip hop. Like up until that point, I, w- I was a hip hop head. I was always getting, you know, the new albums that came out. I was going to the stores and buying them and things like that. But it seemed like around 2006 was the time when I really started losing the interest. Because in, in many ways, which we'll talk about later, um, I felt like hip hop music, at least the mainstream hip hop, was no longer what I would consider 
spiritual music. Mm. Let's uh, let's remind everybody that's the uh, cutoff for the music that we discuss on this on this podcast, 2006. Yeah, yeah, 100%. So as being a classic jazz and vintage hip hop podcast, and vintage hip hop is mostly 90s hip hop. We spoke a little bit about a few things in the 80s, but yeah, the cutoff has been 2006, and that was done deliberately from our very start because uh, creatively, it's like this is the album that I thought was kind of like the last of a dying breed of spiritual hip hop, right? Some, something you said last time though, um, you said last of a dying breed for a while, which means do you feel like hip hop picked up again? <sighs> so, I, okay, so one of the reasons why I thought this was the last of a dying breed was because I think Lupe Fiasco was one of the last mainstream artist that I recall coming out that I thought as a lyricist he could hold his own with any of the heavyweights that were that emerged in the 1990s like seriously I, th- I think as a lyricist uh, Lupe Fiasco is right up there with the Jay-Z's and the Nas's and the Big L's of the world absolutely yeah I, I really believe he's he's There's that no talented. Um, like just technical wise like what he's able to do with um, syllables in the english languages like he, he's a wordsmith in that regard right and that's not to get me wrong because I, I mentioned kendrick because I, I do think there are later artists uh that are excellent lyricists as well uh we mentioned kendrick i said uh jay cole i think is an excellent lyricist right i think wale is an excellent lyricist uh big sean like th- these are guys that you know um i think the difference is l- l- melodically like what loop like frankly i don't think lupe can do what a kendrick lamar does or definitely not what a j cole um does melodically with his sound right and i think that became more of a staple in mainstream hip-hop um after 2006 where the guy that was strictly sticking to just being lyrical almost so kind of died out that last person was lupe at least the mm-hmm. way i remember it and it's funny like in uh one of his albums he makes a track talking about this very thing on the track called a dinosaurs about how rappers like him kind of became dinosaurs in hip-hop like they went extinct necessarily but still reminding these new mcs like the world was once theirs once belonged to dinosaurs um and so that that's just what i think because it's like really i don't think someone like lupe fiasco could break into hip-hop today and have any type of commercial success like you you got to be to some degree you you have to have some type of melodic sound to what you're doing and things like that um so that like that that's just like really how I understood like this food and liquor album to be the last of a dying breed in that respect, right? Um, but then I think as far as it being spiritual hip hop, right? And we're gonna get to this um a little bit later on in a more targeted way about the spirit being the essence of not only just freedom, which we've been teasing out in every episode so far, but the essence of unity. And to be spiritual means to be whole, both as an individual and then as people collectively in community, right? And it's like what 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 I found in this food and liquor album which attracted me to it um as a 14 year old kid in high school was lyrically it was excellent i thought it was great rapping and then it was also making me think mm-hmm. about some really like heavy deep content like we spoke back on episode nas uh on episode five excuse me um about how i didn't think nas was ever more conscious than when he was rapping that gangster shit on new york state of mind mm-hmm. 
you know, Lupe definitely made me grapple with a lot of those similar themes in this Food and Liquor album. And at the same time, it made me feel a longing for relief and release from a lot of those different toxic elements that occur in the ghetto. He, um, he, did he was an, being critical of it, yeah. He did an excellent job at being extremely critical. Yeah. And and so it, it was like, for example, um, the, the track that we led with, right? Daydreaming, right? Which I thought was excellent. Like when you talk about spiritual, like it's him using the project building as an analogy for the human body. And then literally building up from the toes to the head to show all of these self-destructive elements that we see on a day-to-day basis. Right? And daydreaming of a way to kind of get past it and get beyond it. Like that's the essence of spirituality for me, right? I think the the the, the second track we led with, um, American Terrorist. Right, and I mean like that, that 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 title is just so loaded, right? Uh, when you think about everything that America has done in this world and continues to do, you know, as a government and particularly with their military, right? But there was this one line in there where Lupe, of course, being a Muslim, a black Muslim, he makes this critique of both the Quran and the Bible and the lyrics just like, never gonna forget these lyrics. He says, the books that take you to heaven and let you meet the Lord there have become misinterpreted. The third hook in that misinterpreted reasons for warfare. We read them with blind eyes. I guarantee you there's more there. The rich must be blind because they don't see the poor there. So just like as a spiritual critique of what religion has become in the world. We use these ancient religious texts to justify all types of self-destructive components of what it means to be a human and to live in community, right? So him rapping about things like that with excellent lyricism and great wordplay was just like, oh yeah, he, he right up there with the greats. And it was like the, that total package, um, that combination of different gifts, I think is, you know, what made this album spiritual for me. Just to go back to um, daydreaming, um, as I spy from behind my giant robot's eyes, he definitely starts from the top. He starts from the top and then he goes to um, he goes to the shoulders when he says, I tell my hobies they can't ride unless they say no on the shoulders, but that's way too high. Let's try not to step on the children. And then and then that's when he goes down to the lower leg. Um, and- it goes perfectly with what you're saying now. Uh, he's talking about the spirit of the body, uh, what you're talking about in American terrorists using these uh, texts to, in essence, destroy the body, destroy the community. And, and the wild thing is, I think a lot of times when we think about what it means to be spiritual, we often like to separate the mind from the body, the soul from the body, material reality from the spiritual realm. And like low key, I think one of the reasons that I resonated with this album so much is because I see an artist it's like Lupe saying, yo, y'all got this spirituality thing fucked up. Like you can't be spiritual and leave your body behind. You can't be spiritual and leave concrete material reality behind. It don't work that way. Like you can't be spiritual and not take care of your flesh and blood. Can't happen. Just to, just to, um, you know, build on that. You can't be spiritual separate from your body. Yeah. And, and, and I, and I think a lot of times, um, those of us like myself that 
I think sometimes, and and I, and we touched on themes like this before when I said like <laughs> um, when I say things like I'm black before anything else, and I consider myself a minister of black faith, which is all about black freedom. Before I consider myself a Christian minister, those of us that take those I guess non-traditional spiritual approaches over and against quote unquote organized religion. Yeah, I think one of the reasons that at least like I take stances like that is because too often. Oftentimes, spirituality is frankly seen as a way to hoodwink us out of the importance of our bodily concrete realities in favor of this heavenly realm. And what ends up happening in the real world is black people continuously get the short end of the stick in things like politics and things like healthcare and things like housing and things like education and things like wealth. And I'm just, yeah, yeah, I can't get with that. I can't get with the whole quote unquote being spiritual thing while we continue to get screwed over in the here and now. I'm never going to co-sign on something like that. Sleep on it. That's why God gave you night. I mean, I had a dream that God gave me flight to fly for my own good. So God gave me flight. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and that, Lupe, Lupe clearly agrees with that. And, and that's the thing. It's like... Don't be selling me this pipe dream about the heaven here beyond her, you know, while white societies, Eurocentric societies continue to fuck us over in the here and now. That's not spiritual for me. Song real. He says, the game is not to give him nothing real. Teach him a bunch of lies and tell him that it's real. And it's like the truth of the matter is it's like black people, all black people, but particularly black Christians, hot take. You are not authentically grappling with and identifying with your Christian faith if you don't seriously deal with the reality that most of us became Christians because of white slave masters. And it was absolutely one of the most effective tools of hoodwinking us into a striving for the life beyond the grave while we were getting fucked in the here and now. Like if if you if you're a Christian, and I'm not telling anyone not to be Christian, but if you, because I, I still identify with Christianity, but if 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 you can't deal with that reality, you bullshitting. If I wake up in the morning, now I gotta give him sight, make him see, make him break the energy, show you right. That's what I'm saying. Like we 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 can't sidestep the issue. Like that's the fact of the matter. And that's not to say, yeah, but we, we can get into that a little bit later. But I think with the gist of it, what I'm saying is, and I, I think this is another reason why I appreciated this album coming from the perspective of a black Muslim at a very young age. In many ways, it forced me to deal with this reality. Yeah, myself, my family, most of my ancestors became Christians because of the American Slovakracy. It's the fact of the matter. So, yes, indeed, uh, food and liquor was, you know, if, if people haven't realized what we're discussing for, so far, food and liquor was a very spiritual album. So now we're relating this back to episode six, where we discussed the father, episode 11, where we discussed the son. So let's get into Q, what being spiritual is not. Okay, so, um, yeah, definitely episode 13 this is the episode about the third part of the trinity right um in traditional christian theology theology that's father son the trinity is completed by the holy spirit and b before we say a little bit more about what spirituality is not let's talk a little bit about the holy spirit it, and it, i think it's really important to note particularly for those of us that identify with christians it's like 
like what, what we know to be the trinity what we know about trinitarian theology like if we don't take it literally it's not unique to the number three and it has nothing to do with that like trick question like oh well how can one person be three and one like that's those are all a bunch of products of, you know, like engaging with our Christian symbols and engaging with our Christian myths with a primitive mythological consciousness, right? Like seriously, the way I understand it is people, early Christians come to this idea about the Trinity, not only just based on reading the Bible, but when we try to talk about God and apply like life and how life operates to who God is, right? Because um, we spoke about in episode six about how God God is the the most complex thing to think about, which makes God even more difficult to talk about. So we have to use symbols, myths, poems, art in order to articulate this unspeakable reality. That's the center and the essence of everything that's real. And it's like God the Father, particularly in biblical terms, is the ultimate symbol for that abstract I, I don't even like like seriously like when you think about it, like don't even really know what to call it or call him because it's like that which is responsible for everything right it's like so we you know biblical writers try to call God father throughout most of the Old Testament but even that gets murky at times like there are consistent elements throughout the Bible where even when they're talking about God as father it becomes really clear that the biblical writers are aware that God is unspeakable like just for case in point it's in um, certain uh, sects of ancient Judaism you wouldn't utter God's proper name because it was believed that you would die instantaneously if you even tried to put the unspeakable into words. Like this is an ancient realization that people have had for, you know, thousands of years, right? So we try to start talking about God as father, but like there's an awareness that the reality of God is constantly elusive, is constantly abstract, right? One of the ways that the New Testament tries to get around that is like even just as a narrative form, Jesus becomes a substitute for God the Father in the story. Where like if you, if you read the the gospel narratives like Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John carefully, like you'll see God the Father rarely shows up in the story, and that's done deliberately. It's like Jesus becomes the central figure that is the God character in the narrative right and that's an attempt to make this unspeakable reality more concrete more easy to touch more easy to hold on to more easy for humans to identify with right that's episode 11 it's easy to touch so you're referencing the spirit now no mm -hmm. not yet what's okay. easy to touch is the christ okay because the point is jesus as christ as the second person in the trinity identifies with every aspect of humanity right mm -hmm. now where the spirit comes in this is this episode is the, like conceptually and even in reality even in this gospel story there's a tension between the abstract father god and the concrete christ god like th th there has to be like you know one is human and limited by all of the realities of what it means to be human and the other is the unspeakable essence of everything that's real like there's a tension there the spirit comes in as the unification of that tension between father and son and it's like the particular bible verse that we lifted up um from the gospel of luke 
when Jesus is being baptized, right? This is one of the first places in the Bible where we see all three members of the Trinity being present, right? Where Jesus, the Christ, is being baptized by John the Baptist. A voice from heaven opens up and says, This is my son with whom I'm well pleased. And it said that the spirit descended upon Jesus in the form of a dove. So like the way I've always typically read that was that yet yeah, the, the spirit as the third person in the Trinity is about unification. It like it, it ties together the concreteness and the abstract reality of who God is and perfect union. The idea of being spiritual requires unity. It requires community. 100%. And it's like, even within the Bible being a narrative story, right? It's, and th this is basic New Testament scholarship. The book that we know to be Acts is like part two of Luke's gospel. So the gospel of Acts starts off with Jesus ascending into heaven, right? And then he tells the disciples, don't worry that I'm leaving. I'm going to send my advocate or my spirit towards you that's going to symbolically possess you and show you what to do show you how to be in unity with the abstract god the way that i am and then essentially what happens is the acts of the apostles becomes a narrative about jesus's followers and the founding of the early church but jesus who replaced the abstract father god in the gospels is replaced by the spirit in acts and yeah, it's about unity. So like where we see where the spirit shows up in the gospels at the baptism to unify God within God's self, the spirit shows up to unify the community that starts the church. So yeah, I think like biblically speaking, it, to be spiritual means to unify both on an individual and a communal basis and to be whole. Being spiritual in black religion means overcoming double consciousness in the here and now. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Mm. So that that double consciousness. Okay. Yeah, this is a tough one because now we about to get into um, <laughs> some content that that's a little bit difficult for me to talk about. Um, and if I'm being completely honest, I'm still going to therapy over things like this. Okay, so in Souls of Black Folk by W.E.B. Du Bois, which is our anchor text for this podcast, in chapter one, which is titled Our Spiritual Strivings, Du Bois introduces this concept of double consciousness. And we've spoken about this on previous episodes. Like we spoke about it on episode 12. We spoke about it multiple places, right? Essentially what's going on is because of racism, because of colonization, because of this Eurocentric paradigm, that seems to permeate every aspect of society in America. Black people's consciousness is constantly at war with itself because we are constantly holding intention the way white people in white society perceive us and our difficulty in perceiving our true selves because of that overarching pressure of how white society and white people see, view, and perceive us. And in addition to it having, you know, real ramifications in the concrete world, like unequal access to healthcare and education and living in ghettos and food deserts and things along that nature, it also has drastic psychological impacts and the spiritual degradation and in, in the fact that it can often lead to us not maximizing our potential as human beings, right? Um, and, and yeah, th this came to light for me in a very real way, um, recently because of <laughs> no getting around it, um, tensions and a rift with my own father. And, um, 
like part of the problem was and and th this is full transparency th this like what i'm about to speak about is not something that i haven't dealt with with other people before but it hits different when it's a tension between a father and a son essentially what was going on was uh, at least the way i see it um my father, like many black Christians in this country, have been influenced by a brand of Christianity that frankly has been passed down to us and beaten into us by white colonizers. Based on those perspectives, a person like me that speaks the way I do, that carries myself the way that I do, I'm not spiritual. So I have a, a question yeah. before you even get into it. You're not spiritual because you don't take the Bible literally. Um, that's part of it, but I, I think it's a little bit more complicated than that, right? Oh, um, okay. or let or let's nuance it a little bit, right? Mm -hmm. Um, one of the things. That, so, I'm not spiritual because I don't follow traditional rules for what our people have been conditioned to think that spirituality is. Right, so like, what 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 does that look like concretely? Right. Oh, Quadri is not spiritual because he claims to be a minister and curses when he talks about God. Quadri is not spiritual because I'm drinking while giving this podcast about God right now. Quadri is not spiritual because whenever I get ready, I'ma roll the fattest spliff and chief it. Right. Quadri is not spiritual because if you get too far out of line and disrespect me to the level where I feel there's no going back. Oh, no, I will whip your ass in the name of Jesus. So th so these are all of the things like I don't. And, and, and it's not only just about not following and believing in certain rules. No, there's times where I'm deliberately going to go out of my way to break a lot of these rules that many of us, especially those of us that consider ourselves black Christians, hold to be so sacred. Is this a good one? Uh, Chris is not spiritual because he doesn't, he can't figure out what sect of Christianity he would like to follow. He oh, 100%. Out, he can't figure out what church he wants to go to. Right, right. You're not spiritual because you, you church hopping. Mm. Right, like th things like that, right? Makes me not spiritual. And yeah, like these type of questions, these type of concerns um, have recently caused a major rift within b between the relationship between me and my father. And I think the problem really is, is that, again, anyone that is a black Christian, if you have not seriously contemplated and dealt with the fact and prayed over the reality that most of us are Christians because white people beat this shit into us during chattel slavery, you're lying to yourselves. And then part of that, a lot of these things that were beaten into us was the reality of teaching us a particular brand of quote unquote spirituality meant to keep us in line, meant to keep us as docile, happy slaves that would deal with the fact that we were being, our flesh and blood was being exploited in the here and now in hope of some type of euphoric aesthetic afterlife. Again, reiterate, if you have not grappled with that reality as a black Christian, yo, you, you hoodwinking yourself at this point. Just to reiterate, we're fucked here and now, so all you got is to hope for a better life in the afterlife. And, 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 and I can't get with that because it's like, because it, it seems like... Yo, that's the essence of the double consciousness, right? Like separating our souls from our bodies and our concrete reality. Like your soul, whatever that means, will be okay if you accept the fact that you're being denied ultimate fulfillment in the flesh and blood. I, I mm, can't get with it. Can't get with it.
is that where superstition rises? Yeah, it's superstition, so it's like... biblical literalism. Um, what else can you call it? I could be more specific. Uh, this is not the only religion that does it, but the one that immediately comes to mind is Jehovah's Witness. The, the strictness, the forget about what's going on now, worry about your afterlife. Yeah, yeah. So I think, um, and again, I, I'm glad you said because it, it's easy to pick on Jehovah's Witnesses for buying into superstitions, buying into biblical literalisms um in large part because they're not quote-unquote mainstream christians right um so it's easy to kind of like point at them and say oh they're the other they're the the oddballs and i think in reality it's they're typically more pronounced about their religious identity and how that impacts their day-to-day -day lives but when you talk about the biblical literalism when you talk about the superstition i don't think jehovah's witnesses are doing much different than what frankly most black christians are doing in this country oh well, yeah i mean i, I said that everyone's yep. doing that. yep 100 <laughs> and it's like essentially what you see going on is you give people a certain set of traditionalist rules to follow and if you follow these rules and these guidelines you'll get into heaven because you're living a quote-unquote spiritual life in the here and now and anyone that doesn't follow these particular set of rules set by your denomination you label them as not being spiritual and like in essentially it's like once you label someone not spiritual it gives you a religious justification to basically say i don't fuck with that person and low-key that's exactly what happened between me and my father or on a grander scale rage wars kill people mm, mm, 100 and it's it's like yeah lupe was getting into that in the food and liquor album absolutely right like the whole idea of american terror is like a flip on the words like we constantly particularly in this country and everything that's going on with israel and palestine right now like we like to label brown-skinned palestinians as terrorists for engaging in religious extremism and killing innocent people and it's like the reality is America has been doing things like that in the name of Christianity for millennia. Like, and if you take it even more broadly, Europeans have been doing these exact same things even longer than that. Right. And it's like if spirituality is the essence of freedom, the essence of unity and the essence of wholeness, both on an individual and on a collective basis, killing people that don't follow your religious rules can't be spiritual. Get the fuck up out of here. Can't be. It can't be. So that is not spirituality at all. And I think like what we lose sight of is like the, the religious rules exist for a reason. They absolutely do. And I think at their best, religious rules are supposed to point humanity both individually and collectively towards the end of being whole, of being free, of being unified within yourself. But oftentimes what ends up happening like with the biblical literalism, with the superstition and again this happens in almost every religion you can think of it happens in judaism it happens in islam it happens in hinduism it happens in buddhism it's like yeah. let's if uh, you... let's repeat that because i feel like um i might get attacks for saying <laughs> <laughs> for for referencing jehovah's witnesses okay so first of all let, <laughs> let us reiterate that okay we, we particularly focus on christian theology in a unique way because um all of our co-hosts identify as christians and myself being a christian minister that's on track to be an ordained christian reverend right so that that's going to be the focus but i think a lot of the things that we talk about on this podcast is really about black people and how we identify with various religions 
and various political identities, right? So please, please, please um, keep that in mind, right? Um, so yeah, th this is not something that's just unique to Jehovah's Witnesses or unique to Christians, 100%. Be please be clear about that. Um, but it's like the rules are meant to point us in the direction of individual and community collective wholeness. But if we are literalist, if we are superstitious, if we fail to be critical thinkers with regard to our faith traditions, we can easily end up making idols out of our religious rules. Because the religious rules ain't God. Again, remember, it's like God is unthinkable. God is unspeakable. We do the best we can, but part of that doing the best we can, and I think part of being spiritual is realizing everything we think and everything we say about God is always going to be imperfect. So like low-key, don't take anything that anyone says about God or thinks about God literally. And it's really hard to comprehend and grasp the idea that I just articulated. If you are committed to thinking that your church, your synagogue, your mosque has completely captured everything there is to know about God. If you really have that type of understanding, not only do I think it's not spiritual, I think you're setting yourself to be an idolater, frankly. All right. I think um, we know what it is to... I think, I think we know what being spiritual is not. So, in your opinion, what does it mean to be spiritual? Okay, yeah, that's an excellent. So, again, I think, just reiterate, and we've been teasing at this idea in every episode up until this point. Being spiritual for black people means to be free. And if we're looking at this through the lens of W.E.B. Du Bois, the lens of double consciousness is the way that black people perpetually have to exist in what we know to be America. As an individual, being spiritual means... For the sake of freedom, for the sake of unity, for the sake of wholeness. Being spiritual for black religion means overcoming the double consciousness. It means existing in a way where your internal psyche, your soul, doesn't have to constantly be at war with itself in order to exist to the fullness of who you are, right? It's not holding intention the way white society perceives you and the way you perceive yourself in light of the white dominant gaze. It's being and living into who God and who the spirit has created you to be. It's wholeness, right? I, and, and I think to put it in biblical language, it's your mind, body, and soul operating together in equilibrium in unison, in unison, right? It's you being your best self without any aspect of your identity or your personality dominating any other aspect. One more it's time. Everything man. working together. And it's like it's funny because I I, I constantly um get this criticism from traditional criticism uh from traditional christians right it's oh my god you're, you're you're too much of an academic you're too much of a scholar you're too much of a thinker you need to feel more you need to be more spiritual and like real talk that's bullshit because it's like the essence of spirituality is not putting aside your mind to be faithful. It's not putting aside your bodily needs and wants and desires to be faithful or to be spiritual. Now, yes, part of as an individual existing spiritually means not worshiping your body or not elevating your body to the level of godliness because that would be quote unquote living in the flesh so like understand that no no you can't make a god out of the body don't make a god out of your mind and intellectual endeavors 
But if we really want to be spiritual, oh no, your body has to be healthy and be taken care of. You need to be eating right, exercising, drinking plenty of water, taking care of your skin and your nails and your eyes. And your it means like keeping your mind sharp, right? Not being naive. Speak on it. Speak Not, on it. you know, like just buying into any type of foolishness and nonsense just because it sounds good. It means being a critical thinker. Like, yeah, that, that, that's spirituality. It's, it's the unification of all aspects of your personality and identity working towards optimal levels. So, so blind faith is BS. Blind faith is bullshit. Let's call it exactly what it is. And the sad truth about it is, and like, these are some of the things that me and my father got into it about. And God, by the grace of God, we're working through it. But it's like... What a lot of black people, particularly black Christians, I'll speak about because that's what I'm training to be an expert on. A lot of what y'all think is spiritual is brainwashing. You've been brainwashed to make an idol out of all of these quote unquote spiritual rules, which have been strategically engineered to keep you in a place of subservience. And if you are a slave mentally, which leads to you being a slave to some degree, physically that ain't spiritual fam that's not godly and i would be doing you a disservice as a minister if i ain't tell you that shit ain't real so yeah just to reiterate just to drive home the point like the essence of spirituality is freedom and freedom for black people particularly in the context of western civilization is overcoming that double consciousness where different aspects of our personalities have to be at war with themselves we have been created by the all-powerful god to be spiritual beings and i believe that that means having every aspect of our being living in unison with each other mind body and soul in one and you can't have one without the other you just went off, Kim. I'm sorry. It's you know we, we talking about food and liquor. We talking about food and liquor. I'm sipping some rosé right now. <laughs> no, but um, you know, just for repetition, like my favorite thing that you said is to be spiritual. To be spiritual as an individual is having everything about you, and you broke it down perfect. I think in equilibrium in mm. its highest form. Mm, mm, mm. And that's, that's really, it's, it's like existing as your best self, maximizing your potential, operating in full capacity. That's the spirit, because it's like, if the spirit unifies the different aspects and personalities of God Almighty, the spirit is the one that unites the abstract God the Father with the concrete God the Son. Imagine what the spirit can do for you. That's it right there. That's it. So... Whether most people would like to believe it or not, we're in this together, Kim. So, what does spirit in the community mean? Yeah, that's... No, like, 100%. I, I love the way you put that, because it's like, seriously. Particularly for black people. I think this applies to all of humanity, but this is a black renaissance podcast. This is Speakeasy. We are always going to intentionally focus on black people. So, for black people, yes, 100%. We are in this together. Like, we really need to understand that our individual destiny is tied up in the 
collective destiny of all black people. 100%. 100%. And it's like, I think it's difficult, if not impossible, to be a spiritual individual without having some type of contact and interaction with a spiritual community. And like, as much as the issues and tension that I have with church, like, I, like clearly, I'm still trying to be ordained. Like, I, I still go to and interact with church because I don't think it's possible. And like, that's my spiritual community, right? But it's like, I don't think it's possible to be a spiritual individual without having some type of connection with the spiritual community. I think the problem is oftentimes these spiritual communities have often hurt and failed us and have done things like thrown superstition and a bunch of rules and a bunch of brainwashing at us and called it spiritual, right? But I think like at its essence, at its core, at its best, a spiritual community, like first and foremost, it has shared language about God. And you know, that doesn't mean that everyone needs to agree on everything and believe in God the same way and stuff like that. No, that's not what that means at all. What it does mean is that we have a shared way of talking about God in a way that deliberately and intentionally encourages people and shows people to some degree the best way to be their optimal selves, the best way to seek a pathway which encourages all different aspects of their identity and their personality to exist in unison, right? So we need shared language. We need shared rituals and symbols, right? So I think particularly in Christian churches, right? Like this is baptism. This is communion. This is, it's good preaching. It's marital vows. Like these are the things that, again, don't be superstitious with it. Don't take them literally. (laughs) But like, these are the things that we use to point people in the direction of being their best selves. And obviously we need to understand that everyone's best self ain't gonna look the same. Like the spirit is very much dynamic. The spirit is almost unpredictable, right? It's like the spirit is gonna show up in ways that we possibly can't even imagine. The caveat is as long as the spirit is empowering people to be them best selves, that's what the spirit is meant to do. Right, so if we're going to exist together as a spiritual community, yeah, I think we need to have the shared language, the shared ritual, and then many times the shared history with the understanding that we don't make idols out of these things, but we use them strategically and critically to encourage and empower people to be them best selves. And it's like, in that way, you promote the unison and the wholeness of mind, body, and soul. You know, and it's like finding a because it's not always going to be in a church. And that's what I mean about like, like low key. And, and this is see, these are the type of things that get me labeled as non-Christian, right? That spiritual community ain't going to be a church for everyone. It's not. Mm. It's not. And there's nothing wrong with that. The point is like everyone needs to find a spiritual community that encourages them and empowers them to be their optimal selves. Because I really don't think it's possible doing that on your own. I don't. We spoke a we spoke a little bit a little bit about that in episode six, um, Faith in the Darkness, when we discussed um, Killer Mike's. <laughs> uh. <laughs> yeah, bro, and and actually, I think that part of the segment got edited out just for oh. time restraint. But yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, Killer Mike had a documentary where he was talking about the Church of Sleep, where he was killing with his homeboy Sleep in Houston, Texas, and talking about how they were finding God in the strip club. 
And it's like, obviously, that ain't going to be everyone's cup of tea. Shit, it might be mine sometimes, man. Keep it real, man. Like, listen. But at the same time, on a serious tip, it's like, yo, stop trying to limit the spirit. Like, the spirit is so dynamic in ways that we will never be able to fully contemplate and fully imagine and fully comprehend. And it's like, if people are authentically finding community that empowers them to be them best se- their best selves, you are blaspheming against the Holy Spirit by denying them that community. Is that Q making up a word to drive his point? Oh, I love it. Possibly, but yo, yo, fuck, son, I told you. Yo, the, 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 the spirit of this liquor bottle is flowing right now. So, yeah, forgive me if I'm slurring my words a bit. But not even that. You know, we like to speak about vibes. We like to speak about, yo, that didn't feel right. We like to speak about, um, uh, I am not supposed to be here. I, I can't explain why. That's that's all spirit. 100%. That's all spirit in you. Yeah. 100%. And I, and I think... Like, and we spoke about this a lot on episode six and episode 11. It's like, I honestly believe at my core of core, like black people, like we, we relate and resonate with God in such a unique way from the fact that we have to confront death in a very real way from just simply being black in America. Right. And oftentimes in those moments, we have to find God because there's literally nothing and no one else. It's like essentially that gives you a keen insight on what you need in order to stay alive, what you need in order to be whole. And it's like, yeah, don't ignore those vibes, those feelings, those oomphs, those urges that you get that tell you like, yo, something ain't right. Something ain't right here. And it's like low key, like what's spiritual for the next person may not be spiritual for you. Mm-hmm. And there's nothing wrong with that. And, it, and and if that's really resonating with you on to the core of your being, yeah, you, you don't need to be ignoring that. Let the spirit lead you. Because if it's really the spirit, it's going to lead you to life and life more abundantly. You know, yo, it's the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, it is very much real. It is you know very much real. You know the vibes. Yo, that's right. Yo, like it is yo, that's what I'm saying. Like they got us brainwashed thinking the spirit means to be possessed by some type of spirit is very much real. Spirit is very much real. Folks, please follow us on Instagram at speakeasy black pod. That's speak E Z B L K P O D. There you can message us with any feedback. We welcome it all. For our Apple users listening through the podcast app, please subscribe, rate, and leave a review. Uh, the reviews really help us expand the audience. And now we're available on every platform, including Pandora Podcast. Yes, folks, please, please, please continue to hit us in our speakeasy DM inbox letting us know any questions you may have, any feedback, any topics you may want to hear us to address and talk about. We are brand new to this podcasting thing, so all of your help is greatly appreciated. Uh, we absolutely feel the love and support. We could not do this without you. So please, please, please keep the feedback coming. And additionally, Apple users who make up more than 50% of our listenership Please go on that podcast app and leave us just a short review. It really does help us expand the audience and expand the platform. So we are going to wrap up episode 13 with the song by Horace Silver and the spirit of Father's Day called Song for My Father. Now, Horace Silver is a hard bop pianist. Uh, in the hard bop era, we spoke a little bit about this on episode 11 with Clifford Brown, right? The hard bop era 
emerges about 10 or so years after the bebop revolution started by Charlie Parker and Dizzy Gillespie. And this era was defined by um, hard blues chords reemerging in the solos um, of piano players like Horace Silver, but then also just the overall vibe of the music having a more funky sound. And because of that funky vibe, Hard bop is often referred to as soul jazz. So the song for my father, um, yeah, I appreciate the funky sound, but particularly that occurs in the saxophone riffs. So we're going to dedicate this song to all of the black fathers in the world and particularly to my father, Paul Harris, who is a very damn good uh, saxophone player, the first saxophone player that I fell in love with the sound of his horn. And yeah, dad, you know, we... We've had our ups and downs, you know, but at the end of the day, I still love you and I always will love you. So this goes out to all of the fathers in the world and first and foremost, my father. Speak easy, Black Renaissance podcast.